Hey, hey, this is Johannes Mavatar, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Chris from In This Moment, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Aaron from Gemini Syndrome. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 313 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this episode, we are joined once again by Aaron Nordstrom from the band Gemini Syndrome. Gemini Syndrome is currently out on the road with Stitched Up Heart and Nine Electric. They got their second album dropping on August 19th entitled Memento Mori. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from that album. They just released a lyric video for it. This is Alive Inside. from Gemini Syndrome. How are you doing tonight, Aaron? I am doing fantastic. Great, great to hear. You guys are out on tour right now. I think tonight you're in Virginia Beach. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the tour is going? Uh, so far, so good, man. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've been on the road. Come out with a, you know, a headline tour. Um, busy, busy. Got our friends at Nine Electric and Six Apart with us from L.A. Uh, we've toured with both of those bands before, so they've known for years, so it's kind of like a Little family tour going on. Now, is this your first headlining tour? No, no, no. It's just okay. the first time we've been on tour since after. We've done a, we've done a, a lot of headlining, especially in the early days before right. anybody really knew us yet. Yeah, cool. So, um, you guys, how do you um, prepare for your headlining tour? I know the last few times I've seen you coming through, like, based in Pittsburgh, last few times you came, you opened up for Avatar the one time, and then there was a couple other opening slots you had, Drowning Pool. Um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between preparing for a headlining tour versus a supporting slot? 
I mean, I'd say the biggest difference is the fact that we have to play longer, right? You know, and then trying to pick, you know, exactly the songs to, you know, to perform or whatever, and then having a new record come out. It's not quite out yet, so we don't want to play too much off the new album that people mm-hmm. don't know or whatever. Uh, yeah, so I guess really kind of a stamina thing, having to play as opposed to 30 minutes, and I can play an hour. So right. just kind of being prepared for that physically. Right. Well, there's nothing wrong with playing a lot more. You get a lot more uh, time on no, stage. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, a lot, it, it's fun, man. I, I like them both. But uh, there's a certain element to playing support you know, shows that are shorter. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool because you don't get as exhausted. But, right. Uh, yeah, there's something to be said about being on stage for 70 minutes, 75, 80 Oh, yeah. You got that adrenaline going and it's just yeah, get yeah. the whole rush going. Um, now, do you have a lot more, do you have you know time to interact with the fans during the headlining shows as much as you did during the support? Because like, when you're supporting, you come out and kind of hang out a little bit and do you guys have you know hang out at the merch booth and things like that? Do you have time to do that on the headlining store? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as pretty much as soon as we're done, you know, I'll go change and put on at least a dry shirt or whatever, but then I go straight back up and I'll come and take up to the talk. I guess the only hard part about that is depending on the place we're playing. Mm-hmm. If, it's a, if it's a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something, and we're not done until almost midnight, you know, you get a little less time because people got to go home. Right, right. But, yeah, we we can you know, make sure it's definitely worth. Yeah, I mean, we're still you know we're still out available as much as we can. Right, right. So, what, um, you know, uh, this tour is probably a couple weeks old. What have the highlights been for you so far? Uh, yeah, we're coming up on a month in, so we're just about halfway through. Uh, one of the highlights we did Chicago Open Air Festival uh, the first week of this run. That was the first big festival that Chicago has seen. Yeah, you know, some some years now, and I grew up in Chicago. I mean, I remember going to Ozfest and stuff. Right. Um, so it was kind of hometown show for me. We had it was a great time. We played early, but it's a great crowd. And, uh, it was cool to kind of hang out with some of my old friends and family. And stuff. Right. Uh, the show was excellent. Uh, we've had a lot of cool shows on this run, man. Again, coming out as on a headline run after having done the record, kind of been off the road for a little bit to see the the support that we're still getting, you know, no matter what the town is, whether it be New York City or something smaller or whatever, uh, there's still, you know, kids are coming out and have a good time. Oh, yeah. We do. Just cool, cool. Now, you guys had, you know, over last few years you had some lineup changes and label changes and whatnot and it was you know you guys announced that daniel and charles are you know the full-time guitar players uh, a couple months ago can you talk a little bit about what they've brought to the band since they joined absolutely um you know just firstly their their talent as musicians guitarists and singers uh is is exceptional they're, they're great musicians players they're great guys. We all get along really well. Uh, they have different skill sets. That, you know, we did most of the record kind of just me, Brian, and OT, and then brought them in towards the end of it. They brought some flavors and spices, I guess, that, mm-hmm. you know, was totally different than what we would have done without them. You know, it made the record better at the end of the day. Uh, it feels like a family again, you know, right. and I think we're strong. They brought new hungry energy and they're excited. 
they're great with the fans, they're great with us. There's way too many stupid inside jokes, so it keeps us laughing on a daily basis. Right. All that stuff all that stuff is ingredients for success. Right, right. And you know, is um you you said, you know, they brought new energy and stuff. Then at what point during the album did they come in? You said most of the album was already done when they came in. Yeah, we I mean we wrote and recorded we wrote everything kind of before they were involved. Right. And uh you know, at the time when we went in to do the to do the record, we were just starting to work with them. And you know, I've played guitar for twenty plus years with mm-hmm. them, so we just kinda let the three of us do it. So I did I'd say ninety percent of the guitars in the album. Um and then they came in and we just kinda like we were sending them the rough cuts that they were getting finished and they wrote just these really cool over over the top like lead line solos mm-hmm. and stuff. And cool. trying to give them their place in the band as lead guitar players. I want it to just be my vision as a guitar players instead of playing the band. Right, right. Um, but we wanted them to feel involved, feel like they were part of the process. And they did some vocal stuff on it too, some background vocals. Cool. Brought them into into the family, you know. And it was nice. a really cool experience. Cool. Now, let's talk a little bit about the album. The album's called Memento More. It comes out August 19th. Um, I had a chance to listen to it. I, I really dug it. Um, so, um, it's been three years since Lux. Was it a, a three-year process writing this, or did you guys kind of, when you were done touring, sit down and start knocking the album out? Kind of a mixture of the two, in a sense. I mean, we were always kind of cataloging you know, right, and we still are. We're like we're already cataloging ideas for the next year. This right, yeah, that's just kind of how we operate. But now, for for reality, when we stopped touring, like after Shiprock, we really sat down and just okay, now we're it's time to write records. So right. we took all those ideas that we had and we we sifted through them and figured out like well, what are the ones that we really want to focus on, and that got dwindled down from something like fifty to maybe twenty. Wow. And then that got, you know, sifted down to, to you know, 14, 12 on the record, plus three interludes, two mm-hmm. stuff. So that, that's the painstaking process. There's still right. so much material that I haven't even gotten to do vocals on, because, not because they were bad songs, it's just they weren't what we were focused on, I guess, what, like, tr- that right. drew us into them at the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, a lot of those ideas will probably pop up on the third record, or the fourth record, or the fifth record, or whatever. Right. Um, and then some of this stuff was absolutely off the cuff and, and written on the top spot. So. Cool, cool. Now, you guys, um, Eternity appears on this album. You guys released that song a while back. Um, but yeah. you got uh, two singles out right now. You have Anonymous. You got Remember We Die. You got two very different, both really, really cool videos uh, for those songs, so uh, Anonymous came out first. Can we talk a little bit about that uh, three three hundred sixty degree video and, and the concept and how that came about and and you know the filming of that video. Sure, uh, we kind of released that more as kind of a street track, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't necessarily going to be like the radio single or whatever, but uh, just to kind of give an intro to what this record might might hold or whatever. Right. Uh, as far as the 360 thing, we worked with a guy named Brian Cox. He's worked with us. He did both Remember We Die and Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he came on Ship Rock to us. We did all our videos. We've been friends with him. Great dude. And part, part of the family. You know, that's 
kind of been a principle for us, like all of our fellow artists. But the same way this tour is such a part of that All of our friends, like we're all trying to make this a tour, trying to make this all come up. Right. Uh, but so Brian had brought up the idea to the 360 video. And, you know, there's a couple other bands that have done it. We thought it was a really cool concept. We wanted to see what people lost. So the concept of the song you know, is kind of, it's a social commentary on, you know, division and separation of how that's kind of this total BS. Just be there in the first place. We're all humans. Right. And, uh, and then, so we were trying to figure out, it, it, the idea changed over time uh, from what the original concept was going to be. And then as the 360 kind of evolved, uh, we brought in a couple of Kung Fu schools, the Retroactive Kung Fu Academy, Ventura, California, and uh, Shizu Kisu from Harmonious Fist, uh, Northern Shaolin Kung Fu Academy. Those are two of the people, Manuel Rodriguez and Shizu Kisu, were involved in the the Avatar, The Last Airbender cartoon on Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. They were the two martial arts choreographers. So we brought them and their students. Uh, they did long-time friends, teachers of mine. So we wanted to have kind of like an action kind of thing, but then also tied in with, you know, media blindness and, and, and right. programming and that kind of stuff. And just, it was a really fun experience, but kind of something new and quirky and, mm-hmm. and experimental. And I think I think it came out pretty cool, man. We had a lot of fun doing it. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely a cool video. It's a great song. It's the first, uh, first song off the album. It's a great way to kick off the album, great way to introduce... You know the upcoming album. Um, second video, remember we die. You got a little more of a concept going on. Um, Definitely. Can you talk a little bit about this one? Absolutely. Um, so remember we die is that's what Memento Mori means. Mm-hmm. So remember that you have to die, and that's really the concept overall of, of this record. Is you know the second part of a trilogy of ideas of life, birth, death, or birth, life, death. Yeah. And so with the life part, you kind of, once you've kind of got comfortable in your skin with the person that you are, there came a revelation for me, at least, that, you know, someday it's going to end, it's going to die. Right. And that's not meant to be morbid, it's just kind of a, it's a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the sun rises and then it sets. That's just the natural progression of the entire universe. So, as far as the video is concerned, you know, you kind of see our friend Jesse Musnachi who was in the basement video. She's been mm-hmm. a long time of mine. Um, also a person with albinism. So she kind of always played me right. in the story, right? So you see her kind of have a seizure in the beginning, and she kind of crosses the veil and goes to this other place and intervenes with people's lives, kind of give it like as, as a guardian angel, like saying, you know, maybe cooking drugs in the kitchen, blowing yourself up or shooting yourself in the head or mindlessly dumbing yourself down in front of the television isn't the best way to spend your time. And all these people kind of wake up, you know, from that intervention and and have this new appreciation. By the time the video ends, you know, she comes back to the hospital and the doctors are gone and she's fine. It's almost like kind of a karmic karmic debt in a sense that she she pays and is able to revitalize her own intensity. Of, of the value of life, you know, right. and then you, then it leads it leads you to believe like, or wonder, is it a dream? Did that really happen? Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, some kind of, you know, sickness induced coma, hallucination, or something? So 
it was a release. That was another one that just evolved literally until even the night before we recorded it. Right. And shot it. You know, we were in the parking lot coming up with new ideas, <laughs> kind of always on the fly. And we had, a, a, again, a great time doing that. And then we put some live performance stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but I, th- it's, I think Brian Cox did just an amazing job of directing. And we oh. did both those videos in two days. Wow. Like, wow. We, we were working hard on it. So it was back to back, you know, to the, it, 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 the studios and different rooms, different teams. Right. Oh, it was intense, but it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it was really fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know it's all involved with making the videos and stuff. I've done, you know, on the shooting side of that, so it's uh, definitely a fun process. And in that video, it's really powerful. And I was really kind. Of, I mean, it was like the part when she takes the bullet from the gun and, and intervening with yep. all those. It's, it's a, it's a powerful video, and it, it's really cool. Um, I mean, no, no, no lie, dude. When I got the first cut of. I was still home in Vegas, and, and Brian sent me over a link to the to the first draft. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I sat up in my bed. My wife was at work. House was empty. I sat on my bed and watched it on my phone and just cried. Yeah, it's. And I've seen a lot of comments on you know socials and stuff. That it brought a lot of people to tears. It was a really intense moment, and that's what we wanted. I wanted it. We all wanted it to be. No, no holds barred as far as content and what right. we're talking about. The reality that people struggle with that that kind of stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and we wanted to look it in the face, and not be afraid of, because it is a reality. I struggled with depression. You know, other guys in the band struggled with it, struggled with addictions and, and, and just life in general. Right. That's something I think people might be afraid to talk about. We just, I, I guess, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it because it needs to be talked. Right, right, and it—I mean—it says a lot about the, the image and the concept, and that you're able to to move the people that way. It, it's it's definitely you know a very powerful video, and it's completely rewarding for me to see that response. It's not that I'm trying to make people cry, right? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to ruin your day, but I, it also if if you felt so moved. That, it brought you to tears, but that means we did our job. Exactly. That means the message was that means the message was conveyed. You exactly. Know Definitely. That's it's and that's and that's what it's all about too, is just, you know, taking yeah. your ideas and conveying it, it to the others. Um now you, on this album, like I, I mentioned before, it's a great album. I can't wait for it to come out. You guys worked with uh Kevin and Kane Churko. Uh they produced it. Can you talk a little bit about what they brought to to the album? Yeah, I mean, so obviously we did we did Lux with Kevin, right? And uh, we went with with the majority of the record was done by Kane, and Kane was involved in Lux too. He did a lot of the engineering, mm-hmm. um, and they've really become family to us. Right. Uh, like I can't say enough about their skill sets and their talent, and just their character as people. They're just really really good ethnic people. And I love them to death. Their family has invited us to their home numerous times, taken care of us. And then as far as the producer end of it, they're incredibly talented songwriters, incredibly talented musicians. Right. They're invested in the vision that we have and are willing to work with us on on whatever ideas we have. And there will be times where they don't necessarily see where we're coming from and they, you know, we hit a little not rough patch, but we'll, we'll debate it. Right. You know, like 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 civilized human being. And sometimes Brian and I and AT at that time were like, okay, you know what, you're right. 
you're totally right. We see, like, we'll sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Kane would have these ideas. And we're like, that's, you know, you're right. That's perfect. We were just stuck in our mindset. Right. And then there was, a, you know, a handful of times where we wanted to push back. We're like, no, we want this six-and-a-half-minute song. It doesn't have to be three-and-a-half, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, and Kane would eventually be like, okay, you know, it's your record. You can do what you want. So that's right. fine. But creatively, those guys are just, I, I feel personally at peace working with them all the time. You know? Right. And that, and that's I, I think a lot of, to be comfortable in the room with somebody when you're writing about stuff that's like so heavy mm-hmm. emotionally, like content wise, and to be comfortable. I mean, there's spots on this record, you know, that I, you know, I was in the vocal booth and I was very emotional. Right. You know, I know that there's, that track off, I think it was off Blood, where Maria just cried mm-hmm. in in the studio, in, in, the, in the booth, and they just kept it. They put it on the record. Like, I had moments like that. You yeah. Know. Makes it there, a lot more be powerful. A, because it's real. Right. There's a single that'll be coming out, hopefully, eventually, uh, off this record, where you can hear it, or I can hear it, in the vocal track for kind of like the last chorus going into it. You can hear my voice breaking. Like mm-hmm. I was in the studio recording with Kevin that day and I was crying while I did the track. And he, he asked me, he's like, do you want to keep that? I said, absolutely. Like, leave it. Because right. that's honest. You know? And they're, they're able to kind of, they're able to kind of pull that out foster it from, from us and from obviously from other artists too. Right. They, they, they just get it, man. And they're just good people. And uh, that, like that comfort, and that you know, the fact that you're comfortable enough to be that honest in the booth, that that says a lot about about yeah. them and and the relationship that you guys have. And obviously, you got you know, makes it a better, more powerful album when you're able to capture that that honesty. That's I mean, absolutely, it's honest, it's real, but that will shine. Right. Now, were you guys uh, nervous at all going into the second album, coming off of the first one? Because, you know, sometimes you see that, hear about that sophomore slump type thing, or did you guys just kind of... Was there any apprehension about the second album? No. Cool. I can say completely honestly, because I've been asked that question a lot of times in a lot of right. interviews the past few days. That question always comes up. Right. Quite honestly, like, I mean, just no. We were so excited to go do another record, have the opportunity to do it. Right, right. And do it with people that we love and people that we trust as far as not only personality-wise, but skill set-wise. And we've been kind of brewing all of this creativity for, you know, for three years we were right. touring on Lux. You know, it was time. Like, that's the thing about an artist so of, any, of any sort, whether mm-hmm. it be music or, or visual or whatever, you want to create more and more and more. And I think this one just kind of poured out of us very naturally. Cool. And we had we had a great time doing it. It was really nice to be back in that mentality of recording mm-hmm. an album, and coming up with the artwork, coming up with the concept, and all that. So I think it was, it was a really good time for all of us. Right, right. Now, which do you prefer? Do you prefer playing live, or do you record? Prefer being in the studio and creating all of that stuff, or is it kind of two totally different beasts for you? It's it's two totally different things. Um, I, re- I I know a lot of, especially singers, I, I've noticed it, hate the studio mm-hmm. because it's nitpicky and you have to make sure it's perfect. Right. I'm kind of like, I'm a detail-oriented person, I'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I personally love that. 
I love that process. Right. But there's something to be said about playing live too. When you're out there with people, mm-hmm. there, there's a certain energy that comes with that too. Yeah, you're... The only the only thing about touring that I dislike more than the studio is that touring gets tiring. Right, right, and that's understandable. You know, if if I'm in the studio doing a vocal track, I can take 15 minutes off mm-hmm. and let my throat rest, and then go back in and retrack. Right. But if you get tired on the road, if I didn't get enough sleep, you know, we just did. Uh, in two days, we did three trips into Manhattan to different radio station performances. Wow! And, stuff. and then had a and then had a show to play that second night. Mm-hmm. And I was like on no sleep. We're just traveling all the time, and that's exhausting. So playing oh, yeah. that show was playing that show was pretty pretty rough on me personally. Um, and so those kind of things that's like the only drawback. Right. But there is right. the fact that you get to travel to every different place, see all the people and friends that you've made. And, and you, that's a great element too. Yeah, and you get to see firsthand what your music does to the people in the crowd and that exactly. that's gotta be very rewarding. Exactly. Cool. Now the album, like I mentioned, comes out August nineteenth. You guys have a pledge music uh site kind of set up to where people can pre order it and, and get some cool stuff. You wanna talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, you can go to GeminiSyndrome.com. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's got a, there's links on all the Facebook and Twitter and that stuff. Cool, cool. All right. And there's, well, there, there's there's different bundles. You can get you know just a CD, get a signed CD and a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing these. Uh, there's one we're doing handwritten journals. So I'm taking. We've got these cool books with the the Gemini Syndrome logo embossed on it, and uh, I'm handwriting all the lyrics from both records and that then we're going to do some artwork and stuff that's all handled. Cool. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to be done right. by the time that the pre-order, like, it, it just didn't work out. It's, it's, it's so busy. I just don't have the time to do it. Right. So I'm waiting for this tour to be over and I'll go home and have the privacy of my house and not driving on a bus right. and knock all of it out. But Because I want it to be really qualitative, man. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a beautiful thing. The notebooks just look amazing, and I don't want to power through it like I'm phoning it. You know, right, right, right. Um, and I think people will be understanding of that. But there's oh, all yeah. sorts of different bundles, and we got we're going to have vinyl coming out, picture disc kind of thing, and all sorts of stuff. You can you can pick up little little goodies. Awesome, awesome. Well, like I said, the album's great. Um, you guys were just in Pittsburgh uh, a couple weeks ago. Last two weeks ago, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend, but uh, heard it was a great show. Um, what's what's next after this tour? This goes till September 9th. Like I said, we'll have a couple weeks off, and I will probably spend all of that time writing journals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then a festival in Houston, and we're working on a couple tours that'll take us through the rest of the year with some really great bands that I can't to tell you who they are yet. Right, uh, right. Because I can't. Cool. But I promise you that they're probably, I mean, they're like going to go through. We can't say yet, but it's going to be amazing tour packages. We're excited to to finish out this year like that. Then we'll have the holidays, and then we'll be back on the road. Awesome. You know, start in January, probably just banging it out like we did for Lux. We'll be on the road all the time. Awesome, awesome. Well, hopefully we get to see you guys back here in Pittsburgh want to wish you guys uh, good luck on the rest of the tour and congratulations on the new album coming out. And uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, dude, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
Okay, I'd like to thank Aaron for taking the time to talk to us. Gemini Syndrome is currently out on the road, so check them out if you get a chance. The new album is called Memento Mori, and it drops on August 19th. Up next on the show, we have the lead singer from the band Letters from the Fire and Pittsburgh native Alexa Cabezi. Letters from the Fire is currently out on the road with Art of Dying, and they got a new album called Worth the Pain, which drops on September 9th. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from that album. This is called Give In To Me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show from the band Letters from the Fire. We have Alexa Cabezi on the line. How are you doing, Alexa? Hi, how are you? Doing very well. I want to thank you uh, for joining us. Um, it almost seems criminal to have a, a Pittsburgher on the line this many years later, um, not even being aware that you were you were out there. Um, can you talk about how you came to be in Letters from the Fire? Um, yeah, it was actually a kind of a, a cosmic event. Um, I had, I was in between projects. I had just quit uh, my previous band, and I was thinking about starting something new, but wasn't really sure, you know. I was kind of just trying to figure it out. Um, and their manager approached my manager at the time and asked if he uh, knew anybody, like knew any vocalists looking for a project. Um, so I had a demo that I was working on um, with Kyle O'Dell, who ended up producing our record. Um, so we sent that over and they loved it. And so they sent us a couple tracks um, that were just instrumentals and we wrote um, some vocals on those and sent those back over and they loved that. And then we got together and wrote a song together. And um, from there, we kind of just decided to pursue the whole thing and do a record and, and make the formal addition to the band. Now, Alexa, were you stylistically very similar to the band, or was it just something about their music and your voice that kind of clicked? Um, they definitely had a sound uh, that was similar to what I wanted to go for. Um, I I love rock music, and I definitely wanted to be in a project that was a little um, heavier and, and darker mm-hmm. sounding. Um, so it definitely was a great fit, and it was kind of a seamless transition. Like, the demo that I ended, that I sent them um, initially ended up being the first track on our record, so everything kind of fit really well. Yeah, because when I listen to your voice, you're, you're very um, 
accomplished singer as opposed to, you know, a lot of times when you hear, especially younger bands with female front, you hear a lot of screaming, you hear the butcher babies type of stuff. To hear yours, you know, extremely melodic, um, were you trained to sing or, or is it just something you naturally were able to do? Um, I've been singing since I was a tiny little kid, but I um, have been trained over the years. I actually was a theater kid, um, okay. and I trained, so I trained in that capacity, and I also trained more, I've done, like, classical training as well, so I have that background, too. Um, so that's kind of been a weird, you know, it was a little difficult at first to to cross over to a more mm-hmm. aggressive, you know, type of singing, um, and I struggled a little bit, but I I took a couple lessons with Melissa Croft, who is absolutely phenomenal, and she's mm-hmm. changed my whole world, um, and just made it, you know, because she has a similar background to me, so she made it, you know, everything makes so much sense and helps me out so much. How about um, from a live perspective, I mean, kind of stepping into the world of rock music, I mean... You know, obviously, the, what you need to do on stage, and aside from just singing, has got to be a little bit different. Did you kind of do anything in particular to prepare for that end of the, the spectrum? Um, honestly, no, I didn't. Well, I guess I did do something. Um, I, you know, I go to a lot of shows and I watch. I've seen a lot of concerts, and I guess that in itself is doing something because every time I go see someone, I'm learning. I'm watching to see what they do and and trying to just see how different bands, what mm. they do on stage and how they perform, mm. and then taking that and making it my own. Right. So I guess I, you know, I don't really like practice in the mirror or anything, but I definitely am always learning and always conscious of what's going on when I'm at a show or right. watching other bands perform. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, subconsciously, you know, you're doing homework when you're going to a show, which is, which is, you know, yeah, what exactly. you need to do. Um do you find in that environment uh, the rock world, you know, the high energy show, a little bit harder to sing just because of the physical nature of moving around and the things you have to do on stage, um, being a little more, you know, aerobic than maybe a normal singing venture, maybe? Yeah, it's definitely a different animal than say, like doing a musical theater show or something like that, um, because you're a lot of times, you know, it's you have to be very conscious of not going too hard on stage because it's very easy to get out there and, you know, the, the energy from the crowd and everything, you want to just go hard, you want to jump all over the place and run around, go nuts, but you really can't do that because it will tire, tire you out very quickly and, you know, you need to be able to breathe to sing. So it's just, it's a balance of kind of letting go and, and just going with the energy on stage, but also being aware mm-hmm. to not go too hard so that you can, that you're able to sing to, you know, catch your breath and be able to sing. Yeah, I think there's one thing I don't think a lot of people realize that it made me think of that with Joe Perry the other week uh, collapsing. Just the heat on stage, you know, and I can't imagine what the heat on stage for, you know, a show Joe Perry would be involved in, but, you know, you get all those canister lights and everything on you. You know, you're moving around, you're in small clubs that are usually hot to begin with, you know, and you need to be able to breathe properly, you know, and that's, that's going to mm-hmm. be a challenge. Um, you guys are going to be going out on the road, um, doing a pretty extensive tour at the end of the month, or at the end of August, I should say. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we're going out, um, with Art of Dying and Children 183, um, for almost two months. 
going to be. And we're going kind of all over the place, not so much on the East Coast, which is a bummer for me because we're not hitting, you know, my hometown. But um, it's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I am so ready to be out on the road and performing every night. Like, I, I cannot, absolutely cannot wait. I'm counting down the days. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, the... um. The band themselves are originally from San Francisco, correct? Yes, Bay Area, that whole area. Do you have to kind of go out there with them most of the time, or is this just, you know, do you do stuff on Skype and then just get together for a couple of weeks before the tour? Um, yeah, so we when we did the record, we all went to North Carolina um, to work with Kyle Odell. So we were all in one place for that. Um but whenever we have, like, something big coming up, I'll fly out there and stay with my bandmate, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. And so that way it's easy for us to get together and practice and do what we need to do. Um, so our tour, I think our tour starts on August 31st, and I'm going out there um, August 6th just to practice and get ready. Plus, we have a really far drive. We have to drive, like, across the entire country. To start yeah, the tour, you're, so. you're going all the way west to come all the way east. Yes. <laughs> a lot of miles. Now... From an, uh, kind of gets to, to one of the questions I've always wondered, you know, a, a young band such as yourself, um, the economics of being on the road, is it, you know, I think a lot of people assume, you know, you've got a record that, you know, you can buy on Amazon, you should be in a limousine. Um, and, you know, most of us know that's not reality, though. Um, is it, you know, with three guys that, you know, you've know, known for some period of time, is it, is uncomfortable touring, you know, is a lot of like sleeping on the floor of the bus still kind of stuff? Um, you know, it's very, it's funny. A lot of people think that it's so glamorous being mm-hmm. on the road, being on tour, and it's quite the opposite. You know, you, you get a little bit of money to spend every mm-hmm. day and you have to kind of eat, you know, you're eating at like McDonald's every day and it's awful. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, we're, we're not in a tour bus, so we have to drive the van ourselves so if we have a far drive sometimes we don't you know we don't get to sleep we are just driving all night long um fortunately we have tour support um so we're able to stay in a hotel for the most part unless we have a really long drive right um but even so you know it's like it's not a nice hotel it's super eight or you know whatever we find that's cheap that will hold put a roof over our head for the night Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely taxing and it's tiring and it can be a financial burden because especially starting out, you're not really going to come home with money. Right. You know, you're, you're touring to build yourself up to the future. So it's kind of like you're investing in yourself. So, you know, when I'm at home, I'm working whatever odd jobs I can find to make money for the month or whatever time period I'm at home. But, you know, despite all of those things and all of the like, maybe negative aspects of it, I absolutely would not trade it for anything. It's so much fun. I get to do what I love every night. I get to meet so many awesome people, and I get to see the country. So, regardless, I love it. I often admire, you know, people with this stage of your career because it is truly a passion, or you wouldn't be doing it. There's really, I don't think anybody would be, you know, sacrificing what you need to sacrifice, um, on a personal level to be able to do what you do, you know, it's just sheerly the love you get from being on stage and meeting fans after the show. And, you know, and it's, it's, that's a wonderful thing, you know, cause it, it, you know, a lot of times is missing from bands that become established and start doing arenas and things like that. It becomes very, 
you know, they become very distant from their fans. And it isn't about a passion. It's about, you know, supporting the employees that they have at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the new record, do you want to talk um, just a little bit about um, stylistically fans who, who may be familiar with Letters from the Fire um, in the past, you know, maybe how it's changed a little bit? Yeah. So I think that um, musically similar you know it has that same vibe that like hard rock metal like heavy vibe um i think obviously being a female as opposed to a male vocalist there's a big change there um but i think the biggest change is definitely just in my writing style compared to the writing style previously because i i write very like pop influenced vocals um Mm -hmm. because i i just love the like juxtaposition of that type of vocal, like a hooky, mm-hmm. melodic vocal on top of a heavier, you know, heavier music. And I just think that's really cool. So um, I think that for all of the fans that were um, following the band before, I think they can appreciate and relate to the music um, on this new record. And it will be familiar in some aspects, but I think it will also be new and exciting for them um, in a lot of ways too. And I, you know, the reaction has been, overwhelmingly positive so far so you know that's all we can really ask for it's always scary making a big change but um you know it's been it's been so great so far so yeah that's a wonderful thing um you're looking at the tour schedule you are coming to kent ohio which you know for those of us in our listening area that's not ungodly far to check out the band you'll be doing a show at the outpost in october um so that'll be great and hopefully we'll get you into pittsburgh uh before too long and uh you can uh, treat the guys in the band to some some sandwiches down on the strip. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Alexa, I want to thank you so much for your time. I wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much. All right, I'm gonna splice it right there. Would you mind just before you go, Alexa, just throwing out a tag for for the show? Introduce yourself, yeah, sure. and, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks or something like that. Um, so just say Alexa from Lars from the Fire, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. That sounds good to me. Okay, tell me when. Fire away. This is Alexa from Letters from the Fire, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, and I said I'll I'll keep an eye on the tour dates. Maybe we'll uh, hook back up when you guys are going to be coming through Pittsburgh, but I wanted to get this out for the album release, you know, just to get the word out that Local Girl does good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I was very excited when I saw a Pittsburgh publication on the interview list. Awesome. Well, good luck, and I wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much. Okay, I'd like to thank Alexa for taking the time to talk to us again. They're currently out on the road. They'll be hitting Pittsburgh with a special show at the Hard Rock Cafe on October 20th. Again, the album's called Worth the Pain, and it drops on September 9th. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you've got any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening.